forever. Dog. Comic books, comic time. Writers and artists are on the line. They make a splash as a comic's read and take us on a trip behind the spread. Watch out for comic book commentary. Standing on winning inside, fix how they got a hot idea. Narrative, character, visual tricks, and onomatopoeia. Uh huh. It's comic book commentary. Hey everybody, this is Kelly Thompson, and I'm here to talk to you about Sabrina the Teenage Witch number one. And uh, I already did this whole thing once, and uh, screwed something up and uh, didn't record anything, so that's always a good time. Uh, special shout out and thank you to Ben Blacker, as always, for having me on uh, Comic Book Commentary. Uh, I really enjoy doing these. I hope you guys enjoy them too. The second I start talking, my cat, I don't know, does he think I'm communicating with him? We, we don't know. But now he's crawling all over me, which makes it harder to look at these comic book pages. But we're going to try our best. Can you lie down, Monarch? Um, so first things first is a sort of um, diatribe about opening sort of in media res and then flashing back which anyone who's a fan of my work or has read my work knows I'm a pretty big fan of that um I like to open with action as a reader there's nothing more off-putting to me and I hate to admit this but it's so true uh there's nothing more off-putting than opening a comic and the first page doesn't look exciting and has a million word balloons or captions on it. Um, as a writer, you'd think I'd be immune to that or I'd like think it's great because I'm like, oh, look at all these great words. No, I no, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. It's a, So I try not to do it myself. Sometimes it happens uh, and you can't avoid it. And sometimes it's the right decision. Um, but I do um, I do lean away from that. Uh, and I am a fan of starting with an inciting incident and then working my way backwards if it makes sense for the narrative. Um, I would caution anyone who's a fan or a, um, uh, a writer who's working on their craft to not do that just arbitrarily. Like there's really got to be a reason for it. Uh, in the case of Sabrina, um, it's because we're starting basically with spell number five and then we're flashing back in time to spell number one. So you can see how that day unfolded that she ended up doing five spells in a day and like what they mean. And by the time we get to the end of the issue, hopefully it makes sense why we did that. Um, another thing I'm a big fan of, which you see me doing here right away. Uh, and you see Veronica very nicely, um, very nicely indulging me and I've just realized I didn't give the credits I'm sorry I wrote this uh, Veronica Fish and Andy Fish did the incredible art Jack Morelli lettered it our editors were uh, Alex Segura and Jamie Lee Rotante um, we had a really great team I have to say main covers Veronica Fish for this first issue we also had Stephanie Buscema doing a variant Adam Hughes doing a variant Victor Ivanez and Sandra Lands um anyway so Veronica uh very nicely indulged 
something I really like to do, which is to start with a very structured page, in this case, a nine panel grid, which I love because it's got some real classic comic booky roots. Um, that's a very familiar layout. Um, and then I like on that page turn to get something that really opens up and that feels very different than a grid. Um, sometimes that's a big double page spread or um, we actually consider doing this as a double page spread, but, um, and it sort of is uh, in a way, like you'll notice that how Veronica approached it, which is quite clever, is that even though there's a panel break so that your eye goes down instead of across, technically the room sort of continues uh, across the double page spread, which could get you in trouble. It's a bit of a dangerous game to play because on that page two, you know, you have to read down instead of across or it's not going to make as much sense. Um, but I think what she did on the top tier of panel two, breaking that the way she did, that's all you need to force the eye to go down instead of over. But you still get this really expansive, beautiful look into Sabrina's room, which is filled with all these wonderful details, filled with sunlight and sort of plants. You get this tie to nature. Um, sort of old school records and things. It's it's great. It's a great look at sort of a teenage girl's bedroom and you learn a lot about what Sabrina's about from Go. I also want to point out that uh, I love the way Veronica did the house. It's got such like a cottagey feel and it totally looks like a house you would see in a neighborhood, but it also a little bit looks like a house where witches maybe live, which is perfect for what we need. I think Veronica said this was based uh, a little bit on a house she actually has seen in life and knows and really likes, um, which is always fun. So we get Salem right away. Of course we do. Cats are the best. It's cats that talk are even better. I wish my cats would talk to me. I mean, that's, that's one of those wishes that like you make it and then you really regret it because they like never shut up or something. Um, but I do wish they would tell me what they're thinking at least from time to time. Um, one of my favorite panels of this whole book, uh, well, one of my favorite panels that isn't uh, Salem being saucy, is this last panel on page three, which is just Sabrina putting on this headband. And I don't know, I just love it. Something about the, the gesture and the expression and the simplicity of it. I don't know. I just love it. It's also such a classic look for Sabrina, that headband. Like it's so iconic that it's sort of cool that we really take a moment to get it in there. Uh, so page four is a really important page because it's our first spell. But before we get to that, I want to say that this white hair, blonde hair thing is such a funny aspect because when Veronica was first doing her sketches and things, she did uh, Sabrina with the blonde, the pale blonde hair. And I was like, oh, man, we really got to go with the white hair. The white hair is so iconic. It's so cool. Can we please do the white hair? And nobody fought me on it. Everyone was like, yeah, absolutely. And then when I was writing the first issue, I realized there was this really great opportunity to show 
even badass, iconic white hair in high school, that would mark you as an outsider. And so, of course, Sabrina wouldn't be super happy about that. Can you please stop with the licking? I hope you guys can't hear this on the recording. It's just the sound of me and underneath it all is just the sound of a cat licking its fur for an hour. That would be great. Um, so, so we wrote it in. We wrote it into the narrative, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. And without doing a huge spoiler, uh, I hope it's going to sort of pay off in an interesting way, too. Um, so we get this first um, look at what it's going to look like when Sabrina does spells. Uh, Veronica brought something really great to this. Um, I called it out that I wanted special texts and I wanted a special caption and I thought we should do the coloring different and maybe different panel borders. But, you know, as usual, those are all just sort of suggestions of things I think we should do. And Veronica really honed in on how that could look and feel. And she brought a real um, sort of anime vibe to it that I think is sort of really perfect. Uh, the coloring especially I love. So we get this Sabrina doing a spell and we sort of establish that, yes, it's going to be sort of a rhyming spelling thing we're going to do. Um, much to my chagrin. <laughs> because uh, sometimes it's hard to come up with what those spells should be. Um, so... We get this first inkling of, you know, Salem being sort of chastising her for going back on her word, like suggesting she wasn't going to do as many spells and also saying that she's doing them on dumb things and her being like, you've got no idea high school is hell. And it's and then Salem is being fancy. Um, <laughs> so then we get uh, the rest of her family, a peek at the rest of her family as they head into sort of the part of the of the home i.e the kitchen where you've got uh hilda and zelda busying themselves there um one of the things that's so great about what veronica did is that especially in this scene it's really true throughout the book but especially in this scene she did such incredible work with uh expression and um, body language I mean, it's almost like I didn't even need to write any words on the page because it's just so clear who these characters are and what they're thinking and how their relationships sort of engage with each other. Um, it's really great stuff. And um, the one of my favorite little bits here that I was able to get in early on was, you know, it was important to me to nod to, sure, Sabrina's doing spells and that makes her a witch, but what are these other ways that it's just sort of integrated into the spellmen's lives? Um, what does it mean to be a witch? What about their lives would be different and what would be the same than an ordinary mortal? Um, and so one of these things was this idea of Zelda, who is not particularly soft and fuzzy or, or, or really a homemaker either. Uh, her making this drink that's got sort of, you know, things that have certain properties in it. So she mentions that she made her her juice and uh, special today was cinnamon for extra protection and love. So just little things like that that I think help flesh out the world in small ways. Um, of course, nothing is as good as Zelda's, uh, or I'm sorry, Hilda's uh, gagging face in the next panel. 
and then handing Sabrina a secret Pop-Tart. And I think we can all relate to secret Pop-Tarts and how great they are. Uh, so then you get a bit here with Hilda and Sabrina sort of connecting, but it's really more about Sabrina sort of talking to herself and we can see the things she's nervous about in this new town and this new school and the ways she's going to try to be better. And then it's like smash cut to school and, um, Hey, things aren't better. She's immediately sort of not assaulted, but accosted by a mean girl and her phone gets broken and she has a meet cute with Harvey, which was important, uh, to get in there as fast as possible. I mean, you know, you've only got 20 pages and you want to establish all these characters establish who they are and how they all fit in this world. But, you know, you also got to get burning on the plot. You've only got, in our case, five issues. It's 100 pages. You can't spend 20 pages and not, you know, really be setting up your plot. So um, we kind of burn through some of these characters, but I try to make the most of these little moments that we can grab. Um, we get Harvey sort of referencing her hair and that from a distance, he thought it was white, which was cool, which was is sort of like a private joke for Sabrina that I hope will pay off later. We'll see. Um, Sabrina actually does pretty well in this interaction with Harvey, but we get a great sort of insight into she's not as cool as she is pretending to be since we're inside her head. We can see that she's pretty anxious about it. This is one of my favorite little scenes, this uh, scene in the history class with Sabrina sort of offering commentary on uh, the winners write the history books and how she's not really super into that, which I think as a witch, uh, you'd be even more sort of salty about that than you would just your average teen uh, being salty about the grownups who... Uh, who make the rules kind of thing. So she takes a little, um, maybe ill-advised spell here where she sort of fixes the book and turns it more to truth. Um, and that's a little bit of a risky thing for us to do because that's a pretty wide ranging spell that you would change people's history books, not just your own, but others. But I think it was important to establish that she's not entirely a rule follower, that when she feels something is right or moral and justified, like she's not opposed to taking action, but also that she has another flaw here, which I love, which is that she's maybe doing things the easy way, you know? I mean, what would be the hard way to get your history book changed? Well, you know, petition the school, you know, go to the, whatever, the local committee meetings or the school PTA meetings and do a petition and, you know, get students involved and be an activist. And that's a lot of work for anyone. Um, so instead she just uses magic, but that easy way out, is that going to backfire? I think that's important to set up early on. Um, so then we see Jessa who we've not met yet, but who, um, Sabrina is witnessing being sort of yelled at by the girl who already bullied her. And she sort of sets her mind to this girl's a bully. I haven't done anything about it yet, but I'm considering her on a three strikes situation. And uh, this is two. So if she keeps acting out, I'm going to have to do something about it. 
And then she gets her second meet cute, which, you know, goes Sabrina. Two meet cutes in a day is pretty good. This far less, you know, Harvey's very sort of classic, traditional football sport jock type. And this guy, Ren, with an R, not a W, not Footloose, although maybe that's the influence? Maybe. Um, Ren is a little more um, dangerous looking, a little more rebellious, a little more alternative. Um, and they have sort of a fun time talking about apples. I won't spoil it for you, but it's riveting, the apple talk. Um, and then we get Sabrina doing spell number three of the day. She's really burning through these, isn't she? Um, this one is just a sort of little cute thing that is shows sort of her sense of playfulness and fun. I think uh, less ramifications probably to this one. So then we get the classic uh, horrible physical education, mandatory physical education class, but it's Sabrina's chance to see Jessa again, and they sort of bond and then Radka steps in and harasses Jessa again and sort of Sabrina by proxy or by uh, proximity and Sabrina sort of gives her a chance to back off and Radka doesn't and so uh, Sabrina lets her have it with a little spell and this one's really important because she she does sort of a very typical basically for, for Radka to trip and fall and be embarrassed. But she also layers in this idea about that Radka won't be able to hide her true nature, her true self, which in Sabrina's mind is you're a bad person, but you're popular, but I want people to see that you're a bad person. Now, She's doing that with good intentions, but the fact is, Radka's not particularly hiding who she is, as far as we know. She's being pretty blatant about her bad behavior, so this spell maybe isn't going to go the way Sabrina thinks it will, but we're going to find out, so just stay tuned. Uh, so Radka does trip and fall, and she's real mad about it, and so then we get a flip to the uh, principal's office, outside the principal's office, Sabrina and uh, Jess is sitting there sort of bonding and uh, <laughs> Veronica did this fantastic uh, remember you have a pal and principal uh, poster in the hallway which is great and so yeah then we've got Radka sort of refusing to do detention um, Jessa and Sabrina agreeing to it. Of course they do. They're good girls. Oh, we also get the reveal in this scene that Ren and Radka are brother and sister, which is unfortunate for Sabrina because she doesn't really want to be dating a guy who's got a, a horrible sister. Uh, and maybe what does that say about him? So we skip past detention because, you know, nobody wants to be in detention, let alone read about it. Um, and I'd much rather have us reading about and uh, Veronica drawing creepy woods outside of high school. So they're walking home in the light of the full moon and there's this windigo and now we know we're beginning to sync back up with page one. They get attacked. 
Sabrina gets this cut on her arm that we saw on page one and page 19 basically syncs up with page one where Sabrina's trying to do a spell but she can't quite manage it and before she finishes the spell she uh, she realizes something's happening and the Wendigo basically comes apart and she sees what it really is which is Radka and Ren somehow are the Wendigo from the opening page and she realizes that her spell number four that was about revealing your true self has inadvertently revealed the true self of the Wendigo uh, and I think that's a little clever little bit of a twist it's just enough of a subversion on your typical monster horror thing that I think it's fun and works um, and gives you a slight you know it's not like a huge twist but it's just like oh okay I'm into that what does that mean who what's the mystery here who's this gonna be um, what are these two doing did they do this to themselves has this been done to them what's the deal so um, we get to set up our little mystery here we've got some important players on the field who we don't know that well yet Sabrina doesn't know them that well yet um, and uh, I think it sets the stakes quite nicely for what she's maybe going to inhabit in this very strange town uh, or encounter in this very strange town I should say and so that's it that's our first issue um, I think I think Veronica and Andy really hit it out of the park. Um, I was always excited to come on to Sabrina. Uh, she's a super iconic character. And even though I act like the X-Men were my entry to comics all the time, in truth, it's Archie comics. Because while the X-Men were my introduction to sort of the world of monthly comics and getting floppies and going to the comic book store, and certainly my introduction to superheroes really, in comics. The truth is I was sort of indoctrinated into the format of comics, into the medium by reading all the Archie digests that I used to be able to get at the grocery store before I knew comic stores were a thing, or maybe before they were a thing. I'm dating myself now. Um, and so it's really great to be able to be a part of that incredible history and something that was so important to me, especially as a kid, um, to be able to bring something new to Sabrina while also sort of, I don't know, doubling down on all the really great stuff that's come before. Um, we're a little bit of a strange book in the sense that Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is an incredible book, very dark, and has spawned a similarly dark, but not quite as dark uh, TV show that's obviously a big hit. And we're existing in a strange little pocket where we're sort of not quite either of those things. Um, we're a little bit more of a sort of Buffy-esque vibe. Um, so I would say we're even lighter than the show. I haven't seen all the episodes, but the, the show episodes that I've seen, I'd say we're even lighter than that. Um, but it, it's still a horror, high school horror book. Um that's the foundations. I mean, I think for, for most stories about witches in high school, there's going to be a horror element um, in the best possible way. Um, 
So, yeah. Uh, oh, well, the other thing I was going to say was that I was always excited to come on, and I always knew it could be a great book, but it was thanks to uh, Veronica and Andy's really incredible work that I realized we were going to have something really special. When they started turning in their first layouts for the issue, I just really knew I had we had something. Um, and that doesn't always happen. Even when you have great collaborators, um, you aren't always a fit together or the, the style isn't always quite a fit for the project. You know, it just, it's, it's amazing how hard that is to put together just the right people for the right project at the right time, everything. And when I saw those first layouts, I was like, yes, this is going to be so great. So I'm really excited and I hope you guys are too. I hope everyone loved it. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm sorry if I rushed this, but I'm crazy busy and I had to do it all over again. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Ben Blacker for having me and uh, keep reading, guys. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever.